Welcome to Bathing with God. Interview. Interview. Welcome to this session of Vanilla Street Epistemology. Today, my guest is Glenn Ostland. Am I saying that right? Glenn Ostland? Yeah, Ostland. 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 Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I found out about Glenn from his podcast, uh, Bathing with God. And uh, I listened to those and I was entranced. That was very interesting and fun. And so we're going to do an odd kind of vanilla essay today. Uh, I'm going to ask questions of the character inside Bathing with God, which is mostly a dialogue between yourself or maybe something very close to yourself and your imagination. Right. But I'll let Quad speak for himself. Uh, before we it, 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 before we start, I, I, I'd like you to tell us about you, and then we'll mm-hmm. move into an eight-and-a-half-minute piece where Quad actually answers some questions I asked last week. Go ahead. All right. Well, so I, uh, I grew up as a Mormon, and mm-hmm. I, was a, I was a Mormon missionary in Japan. Uh, so I spent two years not doing street epistemology, but close. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, um, w- when I got back from my mission, I got interested in folklore and mythology, and I went to Indiana University, and I got a master's degree and almost a PhD. I, I left mm-hmm. midway through writing my dissertation, so I'm PhD, ABD in folklore and mythology. And um, let's see. Then uh, in, in the course of studying folklore and mythology, um, I stopped being a Mormon, <laughs> put it that way. Mm. And about uh, 10 years ago, I started podcasting. There, there was a podcast called Mormon Expression that was a lot of mm-hmm. ex-Mormons with atheist leanings. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't quite there yet, although I had read Richard Dawkins' God Delusion and identified along with him as a six, which surprised me. I, I didn't think I was a mm. de facto atheist, but uh, turns out I was. and. Then, um, uh, about eight years ago, started a podcast called Infants on Thrones, which mm-hmm. is a, a group of ex-Mormon, atheist-leaning, uh, just kind of making fun of the Mormon church, doing, making fun of different things that mm-hmm. was going on, uh, having conversations about what it meant to us. And in the course of that, maybe two years ago, two or three years ago, we came across uh, Peter Bogosian's A Manual for Creating Atheists. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm read about street epistemology and i think we did a five or six part series maybe with an eight part series just going through that mm-hmm. book and one of our listeners said hey we th- there's this guy anthony magnabosco and mm-hmm. uh reed is it new newcomer nice um, wonder. nice wonder yeah and so we had both of them on and uh, that wrapped up our street epistemology series and then i've had anthony on maybe three or four times since and um just really liked him, really liked the approach. And um, in, in the last few years, I've gotten really interested. I got interested in, in like theoretical physics on the one side of things, but then also like spiritual new age channeling, things like Seth Speaks and Abraham Hicks and all of this stuff over here. So mm-hmm. I kind of put them together along with my folklore background in this book called Bathing with God that I, I just mm-hmm. published, self-published a, a couple weeks ago. And I'm creating, mm-hmm. it's not just a book, it's also a podcast. 
So what you heard mm -hmm. were the first maybe five or six episodes that right. constitute the first four chapters of the book. And then I'll, I'll release a chapter a week until the entire book is, is um, out in podcast form. And mm -hmm. the, the way that I like to think about it is it's kind of like a Calvin and Hobbes approach. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I love the Calvin and Hobbes comic strips. This, this mm -hmm. little boy Calvin with his stuffed and tiger who is also this figment of his imagination. They go on all kinds of adventures and philosophical discussions. Mm -hmm. And so bathing with God is an atheist in a bathtub who hears a voice and the voice may or may not be God. And, um, but definitely identifies as his imagination at the very least. Mm -hmm. And they just go on these, these conversations. And one of the, the biggest topics that I cover in that book is the nature of reality and perception. And, and one of Quad's mm -hmm. claims, Quad is this imaginary voice, Quad claims that everything is a fiction. And the bather's like, what the hell are you talking about? Everything is a fiction. That doesn't mm -hmm. sound right. That doesn't feel right. And so there's that this. That might be the claim I'm hitting you up on. We'll see. Okay. We'll it see. could be. It could be. Um, yeah. And um, so, so yeah, as I was um, looking around for people to read this book and give me feedback, I thought about Anthony and I reached out to him and, and Anthony put you and I together. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's why we're here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. That's extra special. Yeah. Good. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I have gotten an enormous amount of, of support from my heroes starting this mm -hmm. channel and and it's it blows me it's very much okay so last week when we were talking about this i wrote down half a dozen questions or i forget uh mm -hmm. and uh sent them to you because we wanted to ask quad some things mm -hmm. and you you turned it into a podcast so yeah without further ado uh let's listen to that uh, this is about eight and a half minutes. All right. Uh, just hold your hand up if you want to pause for anything, but otherwise, we're just going to listen right through. Sure. Production. Production. Play when you're ready. Hey, Quad. Hey, what? I've got some questions for you. Yes, I know. Oh, right, because you know everything, don't you? No, but I am your imagination. So I know everything you know, and then some. And then some, huh? Sure you do. So we are going to be interviewed by a street epistemologist. Yes, I know. Uh-huh. And he has a few questions for you. Yes, I know. Yeah, I already know you know. So let me just ask them so that the people listening to this will know what you're responding to. Fair enough. Shoot. All right, here's his first question. I've heard that you are Glenn's imagination. Where did he hear that? Wait, I, I'm, I'm not finished with his question. I know, but where did he hear that? He listened to the first four episodes of the Bathing with God podcast. Yes, I know. I was there. You were there when he was listening to the podcast? Duh. I'm what he was listening to. What, what do you mean? The book and the podcast created by me, your imagination, the thoughts we created together, put to words, recorded digitally, transmitted through the internet, touching his eardrums, traveling into his brain, that was all me. What happened after that? Well, that's all him. What are you talking about? Can I please just ask his first question? 
Sure, but I think he's confusing you for the bathing character in your book. Whatever, let me just continue with the question. I've heard that you are Glenn's imagination, yet I've also heard that you existed well before Glenn. Will you probably exist well after Glenn? And then a sub-question, will Glenn exist after Glenn? I don't remember saying that I existed before Glenn, but if you really want to get imaginative about it, Einstein's theory of relativity suggests that past, present, and future already exist within the fabric of space-time. To quote Brian Greene from The Fabric of the Cosmos, all time exists all the time. So, if you take that approach, then I have always existed, as have you and him and everyone else, within this fabric of time. But it would probably be better to ask if a tree makes sound, if it falls in a forest, if no one's around to hear it. Wait, wh why? Wh what does that have to do with anything? Patience, Iago. I'm getting there. Does a tree make a sound if no one's there to hear it? The correct answer to that question is no. It does not make a sound. Because sound is what happens when disturbed air molecules impact an eardrum. If a tree falls, air molecules will most definitely be disturbed. But if there's no eardrum or any other device around to detect it, aka to hear it, then no. It did not make a sound. Sound requires those two parts. It isn't a sound if one of those parts is absent. Similarly, Glenn's imagination requires both Glenn and his disturbing thoughts to imagine things. I suppose that books and podcasts that Glenn has created through his imagination will probably be around after Glenn is not, but that isn't really what he's asking, is it? What do you think he's asking? I think he's asking if I am more than your imagination. Are you? Of course. Do you care to elaborate? I will with his next few questions, but he's also asking you if you believe that you will exist after death. Do I? Only if you understand Einstein's theory of relativity correctly. Yeah, I'm not sure that I do. I promise that you do not. Okay, thanks for the vote of confidence. Next question. Do you know anything Glenn didn't know before you told him? What does he mean by know? I, I don't know. I, I guess he's asking if you're aware of things that I'm not aware of. How could I be? I am your imagination. So, what is your answer? Do you know things that I don't know before I tell you or not? When you bring a question to me, why do you do it? You know, with the way that you avoid giving me straight answers, I'm beginning to wonder that myself. I'm not avoiding anything. But fine, I'll just tell you. You aren't always very aware of all of the things that you actually know. Your brain records data in ways that you really don't understand, and the relationship between your conscious awareness and your subconscious mind is, well, tricky. As your imagination, I pull from your subconscious in ways that sometimes seem to you like I know something that you didn't previously know, but it's really something that you have stored away in that massive basement storage unit that you call your subconscious mind. Alright, so that's your answer? Yes. But if you really want to push his buttons, ask me if I ever go any deeper 
than your conscious mind. Ask me if I ever scanned the massive database of Carl Jung's collective unconscious, or if I ever surf on the waves of Rupert Sheldrake's morphic resonance, or if you really want to get his blood boiling, mention something about Akashic Records. No thanks, I think I'll just move on to the next question. Are you made of highly evolved formless energy? Yes, so is he, so are you, so is everything. This energy is called electrons and quarks, the fundamental energy that makes atoms, and then molecules and cells and tissues and organs and neurons and synapses and all this amazing stuff in the world we live in. It has been evolving long before this small planet was ever formed in this tiny corner of this infinitely expanding universe. This is why I'm more than your imagination, by the way, because the thoughts that you think and the biological mechanism that imagines those thoughts into existence are also formed from this fundamental energy. It is inescapable. This energy is everything. We are all constantly, unavoidably immersed in it. I'd like to see anyone prove that we're not. Wow. A straightforward answer. I'm shocked. Don't be a smartass. Two more questions then. Are you in communication with God? A lot of different people mean a lot of different things when they use the word God. What does he mean by God when he's asking that? I think you're just going to have to use your own imagination to answer that one. Okay. Then let me put it this way. Yes. That's it? That's all you have to say about it? You know my take on this question. Let him do his SE skills with you. It'll be fun. This is why you're here. Okay, we'll put a pin in that one, I guess. Last question. What motivates you? You do. I do? Yes. Your curiosity. Your playfulness. Your desire to have fun. You are a thinker. You always have been. You play with ideas the way you used to play with Legos, back before Legos were reduced to following instructions to build specific items. You like to push the boundaries of what you know. You like to take words and ideas like they are sand, and build castles and towns and then knock them down and build them back up again. I'm motivated by the enjoyment you get when you engage with me. Now go have a fun interview, and don't worry, I'll be with you the whole time. I'm not worried. Sure you aren't. I'm everything and everywhere. So that that that's uh oh I have to reset refresh uh oh but I it it took my button it didn't show it back that'll be fine okay so yes everything is a fiction uh <laughs> y yes we're connected to God but we don't know what God means yet that's fine hmm uh. I guess we can start with everything as a fiction. Does that seem like the right uh, claim, or does something else seem better? And and we can change. Yeah, I mean, I can, can I can I can go well. where. Yeah, where, wherever you want to go with it. Um, so you want to start with everything as a fiction? Yeah, and I'm I'm asking Quad's opinion uh, because mm -hmm. I recognize that there's at least three people that I could be talking to. I could be talking to the real genuine Glenn, and I could be talking to the Glenn character. And I could be talking to the quad characters. So mostly I'm talking to quad, yeah. I think. Uh, <laughs> well, how about we talk to Glenn? Uh... Because <laughs> okay. let's, let's, so let's we'll talk let... to Glenn. 
Yeah, because so, so I, is this uh, is this uh, going to be the real Glenn or the Glenn character from? Yeah, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with the real Glenn just just to, just so Glenn. that I don't get like Jordan Peterson hate or something like that. You know, where like okay. I can't I can't nail you down on anything. <laughs> quit 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 wiggling oh, around. Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. So yeah. in a lot of these cases, I'm going to ask you to project what Quinn would say. Or sorry, uh, quad. Quad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Quinn's another person okay. entirely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Quad says everything is a fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, how certain do you think Quad is that everything is qualifies as a fiction? Oh, I think that Quad is quite certain um that that from the perspective of quad everything mm-hmm. that a human being thinks and perceives as reality is a fiction and and okay. what quad means by that is a, a fiction is a composite like selecting certain details omitting other details to create uh a, something that's whole something that's a story but but that creation that fabrication isn't whole or complete it's missing things um, mm. And the things that it's missing could have an impact on what this thing is or not. We don't really know because you don't know what's missing. Okay. You don't know how it could impact what's there. So, so Quad would say from that perspective, everything is a fiction because humans um, only perceive a small fraction of reality around them through the senses that have evolved to detect a small fraction of what's around us and these minds that have evolved to do what it is that they do you know quad mm-hmm. quad is uh, an attempt to think about reality from the the perspective of this source energy the, these these atoms that were forged in the stars that have been around a lot longer than humans have a lot longer than this planet has um and okay. So, so yeah, so, so he would say that everything is a fiction from the point of view that um, we really don't know what we don't know. Okay. So, so, so it sounds like to me, definitionally, uh, like there are no married bachelors, that kind of, that kind of, so I'm going to pick a hundred okay. <laughs> and, uh, and we're, we're happy to move these around. Nobody has to live up to their claims, by the way, in this, in this guy, in this case. So it's um, fiction, not exclusive of fact, is I think what I'm hearing for the definition, that my yeah. my model that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is a fiction. I'm using math. Math is a fiction. It's a, it's a made-up language. Yeah. And you're using, there, you're using symbols. There's objectivity but... to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the way that we communicate those ideas... The, the ideas of mathematics is communicated through traditionally learned symbols, mm-hmm. you know, like, like okay. the number two and then the plus sign and then the other two and then the equal sign, you know, that, why isn't that a triangle or a squiggly arbitrary. line or something mm-hmm. else? You know, the, the, these are arbitrary mm-hmm. fictions that we, it's a shared fiction. It's an intersubjective fiction that we've all agreed. Mm-hmm. These are the symbols that we're going to use. Um, yeah. Okay. So in, in asserting that everything is, if I if I listen generously, I hear everything that you have inside is just a model of reality, and your model is necessarily incomplete, and is yeah. obviously potentially inaccurate. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's different layers there because you could you could say in comparison to 
you know, mm-hmm. the, the way that I see the world compared to the way that you see the world, um, there are going to be differences. There's going to be variations because your life experience is different from my life experience. So, so comparing that, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. I've got this idea of what the world is. That's a fiction that was created based on everything I've come across in my life. And, and so do you. Um, but then even the things that I think, because mm-hmm. there's this relationship between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, that what I think is real, what I think I experienced may not really be what I experienced. It might be something else. Mm-hmm. So there might even be um, levels of fiction within my own perspective of what I think is yeah. going on. Delusion, so, mismemory, misremembering, mm-hmm. all those sure. things. Yeah. yeah, misperception. Um, okay, so I'm going to pick on somebody. What if Boris right. said, hey, by calling everything a fiction, you are, you are denying fact. How, what, how, how can, or, or are you denying fact? I don't, I don't think it's denying fact, but that's the tricky part. That, that's the tricky part mm-hmm. that I've been, uh, like, when people have asked me this question in the past, I usually go back to, like, that Lego example, that, that, mm-hmm. that facts, facts are like these, these little building blocks, these bricks that we then use to create a story, and, um, you know, so so in in the book, there's times where I ask, "Could you give me an example of a fact?" Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that I have a really good answer to that question. I don't think because if I really think about it, I and I wanted to make a claim that these facts are fictions, mm-hmm. I might be able to do it. I might be able to say the 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 fact that we're looking at is a fact only from one given perspective, maybe from the human perspective, the way that we measure the speed of light or the, the way that we understand what a what two parts hydrogen and one part oxygen is. Mm-hmm. If if we were another species of life altogether, we not we might not perceive it that way. We might perceive it to be something different. So within the the constraints of human perception, this is a fact that is is verifiable. It's observed. Um, it, it, it's repeatable. Um, we're able to accept this as a fact. Um, but uh, you know, you you look at the history of facts; they change. There's malleability mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. uh, if if facts are always open to be updated when there's new, better data, then are they fictions that are constantly becoming better fictions? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so fictions might be very close to reality, or might might be a long ways away, and we can't really tell. I have a comment. Or, or so because fictions are the reality that we're experiencing. Like the yes. like the reality yes. that I'm experiencing is is a fiction. So I so I think sure. one of the things that I'm hoping to do, just, and and this really has just been my own mind, is, is I've been trying mm-hmm. to. Um, reconcile these these differences in, in my own mind. If if somebody's saying everything is a fiction, you might think that's very pejorative, or that I'm I'm denying the nature of reality, or I'm saying that everything is false mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we we associate sure the word sounds fiction like by, like, by episode two or three. Yeah, like yeah, like like, like true think, or false. You're fact probably going to tell us more. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. can just tell if, you're if, foreshadowing if that we're going to learn some of these details as we move on through the book. I haven't actually picked up the book. I'm just following along with the podcast myself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gauss Prime says, so because we have subjective experience that isn't 100% accurate, everything is a fiction. 
So I think that's a yes. Yeah. No. By the way that I'm defining fiction. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that doesn't mean that it isn't true. And that doesn't mean that it isn't real. And that doesn't mean that it isn't meaningful. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's a subjective truth. It's a subjective reality. Okay. Another question from the audience. If you found that other animals use the same maths as we do, <laughs> would this change your approach of what is reality, a.k.a. math is a human fiction? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go more general on that. If we found that animals use math like we do, would it change my view of reality? Absolutely it would. <laughs> what would it change okay. it to? I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, if, if, if that became a fact of nature, then I would need to update what I think nature is. Okay. Uh, another question from the audience. How do you define subjective and objective? Mm. How do I define subjective and objective? Mm -hmm. mm. Well, I, I, I think uh, that a subjective thing is very personal. Um, whereas objective is, it could go outside of the personal and it's, it's true for, for more people than just for one person. Um, mm. I, I think that's, that's kind of the, the, the quick and sloppy okay. way that I think of those two terms. Okay. So for you, the dividing line is, uh, subjective is one or a few and objective is observe a very similar model. Yeah, I, you know, and if I really wanted to get cynical about it, I would say that um, sure. everything is subjective and that that mm -hmm. objective is nested underneath subjective. And, and the diff main difference between the two is the number of people that you have agreeing on this and um, how uh, convincing their evidence is um, to, uh, to demonstrate that it's an objective truth and objective reality rather than just a subjective reality. Um, but, but again, I mean, going back to what I said earlier, I, I think that even those objective facts can, can change if there's newer, better data observations that come along. So then it becomes a new updated objective reality. Okay. Violet asks, can subjective and objective be simultaneously true? Could you give me an example? Uh, Ivy Elf, you're welcome to unmute. Let's see. Uh, and could you give an example of uh, simultaneous on objective and subjective? <laughs> you're able to I'm brushing my teeth. Um, okay, so. Okay. Maybe just the act of brushing your teeth is both a subjective and an objective reality because, you know, if you were having a dream right now that you were brushing your teeth and I was looking at you, I wouldn't see that you were brushing your teeth, but you would be having the subjective experience of brushing your teeth. You might even, your, your mouth might even salivate. You might even taste the mint of the toothpaste in, in, your, in your mind, in your dream, and that's a subjective reality for you, but I'm looking at you sound asleep and it's not an objective reality that you're brushing your teeth right now i don't know I, that that, okay. that that's my stab at the question <laughs> okay. the way that i understand those terms or follow-up are feelings subjective and are they objectively true 
Mm, I think that feelings are subjective and um I think it's it's I I I guess I guess I I would need to better understand how you're using the terms uh, subjective and and objective um mm-hmm. but I I think I think if 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 the two of us or or if we're in a group and we're exposed to the same incident Mm-hmm. Donald Trump standing up to deliver a speech and somebody is like just okay. filled with pride and patriotism and another one is filled mm-hmm. with loathing. Um, mm-hmm. So so is it objectively true that we're having emotional experiences to this thing? Yes. Are the emotional experiences the same? No, they're different. Why are they different? Because we, we are different. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we have different yeah. reasons for feeling what we feel. Are, are each is each response legitimate? Yes. Is each response valid? Yes. Is each response really happening? Yes. So um, I think that's how I, I would answer that question. I like that. <laughs> yes, you are welcome. We are entertaining your questions. Of course we are. That's what we do here. We love <laughs> the questions from the audience. Um, yeah. Okay, so I think I, I think I understand your position and Quad's position regarding the fiction question that yeah. it's all a question of models and it's all subjective and objective is maybe reachable asymptotically, but you can't ever get to perfect objective. You can get closer and closer to objective and you might be yeah. wrong. That kind of thing. I'm hearing that. Okay. Uh, very good. So I, I think, uh, th- thank you for that conversation. I appreciate that. Um, you know what I'm interested in, in having you yes. ask me about, Yes, please. Um, because because I, I want to explore how I really feel about this, too. Th- this idea yes. of, of source energy equals God, um, which it, with another way of saying that is that the energy that makes up us and everything in the world is intelligent and is, is um, ah. omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, the creator of all things. Okay. Like... There's no evidence. There's no evidence mm-hmm. um, that I'm aware of, aside from the fact that we are <laughs> intelligent. Like we, we are aware. Yeah. We we are conscious. Yeah. And and so yeah. there's that question: is is the energy that makes us also aware and conscious in ways that we just don't understand and we can't um, perceive? And that's where it gets into those kind of God territories that um can be uncomfortable for an atheist mm-hmm. to, <laughs> yeah, 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 to, to explore yeah okay uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna treat this like a fresh claim source energy equals god or source energy leads to god or all of the source energy is god or any of those things mm-hmm. so make that a squiggly equals me uh mm. Roughly similar to, so uh, what do you see are the minimum qualifications to qualify as a god? You cut out there. What are the minim- minimum qualifications for, for what? For something to qualify as god. What are some of the things that god, it, for it to be called god, it has to have at least these qualities or property. Yeah, I mean, this might not be the best one to take it on because I have no idea how to answer that question. I, okay. I bec- because I, yeah, I, I, um, I, I think that that question makes it seem like there are 
that there, there's there's times when calling something God is appropriate and times when calling God mm-hmm. is not appropriate. And when is it appropriate and when is it not appropriate? And mm. I, I don't feel comfortable answering that question. I don't even know how I feel about that, Dolly. Okay. Good, <laughs> um, yes. Well, that, that's, I, that's because I do think answer. that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're uncertain right. about what would qualify something to be defined as God. So now yes. we're looking at what do you know about the source energy uh, that might lead you to think that it is, you, you mentioned intelligent. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. source energy intelligent. Yeah. So, so what, what I understand about source energy, and uh, I also use that inter- interchangeably with subatomic energy um, or maybe quantum energy, uh, that it it is for, first and foremost a field that fills the entire universe okay. that that um a quantumized bundle of the electron field is an electron and all of the electrons in my body are connected to all of the electrons that are in your body and everywhere in, mm-hmm. in the universe and okay. the reason that i have uh, a high degree of certainty in that claim is that there's a, a physicist named David Tong at Cambridge who okay. ha- he said it <laughs> and, and okay. it made sense to me and uh, I accept what he said there. So, I, so I, I start from there and then look at what that energy is doing that, you know, the electrons, the quarks, they, they combine in some way to create atoms. The atoms create mm-hmm. molecules, the molecules create cells, and, and on upwards to organs and systems and, you know, an, an entire human body. And I can, I can ask at different stages there, is there some kind of awareness? Is there something that is intelligent? Um, D- DNA, obviously, is intelligence, and it's, it's in, intelligent that is this energy that's organized in a certain way that pre- creates a blueprint mm-hmm. for the human body. Um, we know that, that, that our conscious minds, our, our personality is aware and, and intelligent. Um, the cells in our bodies that interact with the environment around them and they open up to let in certain things. They stay closed to, to other things. They communicate with each other. There's some form of awareness. It looks like there's some kind of an intelligence. I mean, each nucleus in that cell carries the DNA itself. So, so just yes. by deduction... It would make me think that at every level you go down, there would be some form of awareness, especially since you look at how far we we have come as a species, Homo sapien, in this short amount of time on this planet Earth in our own evolution. That's an extension of this energy that's also been evolving. It, it, what, it is the energy <laughs> that's been evolving um, mm-hmm. in certain narrow conditions that create homo sapien as opposed to yes. frogs or mushrooms or trees or you know mm-hmm. other other expressions of this energy and mm-hmm. which also evidence their own form of intelligence and awareness and consciousness okay. so so that that's what that, that's what gives me some degree of certainty that this energy is intelligent so you said DNA. Does that does this mean that something that shows 
So imagine that I've got DNA in a virus and it is in mm -hmm. a dormant state. Would okay. you agree that that is not alive? Um, you know, the, the, the word I, 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 yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're defining life as separate from existence, I, I would say it's definitely existing. It's there. Mm -hmm. Um, is it, is it, but you're saying it's dormant, so it's not alive. It's dormant. It's, it's sleeping. It's not activated yeah. intelligence. <laughs> um, yeah, but so it's, the DNA is not performing any of its ordinary function. Yeah, uh, but it's there. Dormancy. Yeah, sure, it's there, and it shows. It shows lots of information and lots of potential mm -hmm. to, if interacting in the right system, it can almost like choose to do the right thing, or yeah, train to do the right. Yeah, thing. yeah, and so then choose. I, I choose is a really interesting word. <laughs> well, I just yeah, saying choose yeah, is a really uh, interesting word to use. It's problematic, but yeah. It it is it is the 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 choose thing comes down to when I'm trying to define intelligence is a thermostat intelligent. It's a thermostat in mm. my mind is the simplest possible robot. For me, I define yeah. a robot uh, as something that can measure something about the world and then make a choice of action based on that measurement. Mm -hmm. and I'm so gonna look I, up I, intelligence I use thermostat real quick. As a really really yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm most, mostly concerned about your meaning of intelligence, and I'm sure it doesn't have to match, match the, the dictionary. Uh, but I, I've, so, I've tried to keep my definitions as close to definition or dictionary definitions as possible. So, so intelligence good, here, the ability, to, the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills, the yeah. collection of information. Um, so a thermometer would be a collection of information. It's a way to a, gauge... A thermostat. Oh, a thermostat. A um, thermostat. It's actually going to turn on and off the heater or the air conditioning based on... Okay. The yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've got, I've got those... Um, I forget what they're called, but it's a, a smart thermostat that you know, like, yeah. recognizes patterns. And it, so it has the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. It'll shut itself off. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, there's some form of intelligence in that um, thermostat. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. That example, I could, you know, that's some artificial intelligence. There's some fuzzy logic, yeah. some good programming. And yeah. a simple, like a bimetal mechanical thermostat that just moves up and down based on the temperature and closes a switch. That would seem like the rudimentary, the one bit intelligence. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Intelligence. Okay. Um, okay. If asks, uh, Frederick asks, how did you come to the conclusion that this specific energy is shared among very different things? DNA, quantums, molecules. Uh, and you may have already answered this because I think you're saying yeah. that all energy from the subatomic out and everything, all the energy that was 10 to the 80-something yeah. particles in the Big Bang. Yeah. And maybe a lot more because we don't know what the limits of it. Yeah, um, that, that came from theoretical physicist David Tong of Cambridge University. Mm -hmm. um, there's a YouTube video called Quantum Field Theory, The Building Blocks of Reality. I watched that okay. about a year or two ago, and it just blew my mind. Okay. And, and, uh, and that, that, that was what made me think, oh, okay, so all of this energy that we are is connected to everything else. 
So I haven't asked your confidence in in this source energy relating to quantum energy, uh, uh, quantum field theory. Mm-hmm. Do you think one... I haven't asked your confidence, and I'm wondering if your confidence is proportionate to the evidence you're telling me about, or if there's a lot more evidence, and maybe your confidence is higher than what would come from. My confidence is probably higher than the evidence. Okay. Yeah. Do you care to throw that on a scale of 100? My confidence in it? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, no pressure I'd, on. I'd give it. I'd like give it a, maybe a ninety. Let's call it a ninety. Okay, yeah. a ninety. Scale. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Good. And, and remind uh, me, what did I just give a ninety? I gave a ninety that that. Um, uh, a ninety to uh, that, that David Tong's quantum field theory is, is correct. Yes, that David Tong yeah. understands quantum field theory, and therefore yeah. you're saying that if he is yeah. correcting what he says. That yeah. source energy is all that energy that the physicists are talking, and which includes mass. Yeah, energy. so I mean, source energy yeah. is just, it's just a term that I'm using for um, that mm-hmm. uh, um, that that energy, those energy fields. Okay. Um, Uh, how do we differentiate between intelligent energy versus dumb luck? If something, I, I, I have dice. Yeah. And if I roll a dice, is there intelligence? Yeah. Well, the, the, the intelligence in those dice are, is, whatever the mechanism is that has the the atoms arranged in such a form that they are dice and that they are you and that they're your hand that's falling and, and, and rolling it um so um and then dumb luck is i mean i think there's laws of physics that would tell you the velocity of of your your roll and how it's spinning in the dice and that's okay. what determine you know like the dumb luck thing but uh, so I, the, the question is the relationship between intelligent energy uh, is, is, um, and dumb luck. Yeah. Those are cool. What are they? 3D printed dice. These are, these are gaming uh, dice. Okay. Uh, that, are, that are sort of a different shape. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about yeah. dice because you were talking about the form. So if I roll yeah. a dice, yeah. is, is it determined... The result will be before no, i roll the dice i don't no. think so okay so no. uh i, ha- I, I have i have happens. very low confidence that anybody can mentally will <laughs> that i'm gonna oh, roll double sevens and stuff like that yeah 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 so so my if you're uh, asking about my level of confidence there of of intelligent energy being able to d- predict or determine the outcomes of what that energy is or does um yeah, yeah it, it, no I, i'm not confident I don't have okay, so intelligence there. intelligence probably can't see. The next one is determinism versus random. If I were able to go back, uh, roll some dice, and then go back in a time machine, mm-hmm. would I see the same dice rolled? Uh, if time were replayed, would it come out the same? This is a hard determinism versus soft determinism question. I like the question. Um, if, if all things that went into that role the first time are exactly the same, 
the second time around, then you'll get the same result, I would expect. Um, okay. But if you, got a, if you got a different result, then I would think, okay, there are some variables in here that have changed. What are they? Okay. Something, something's different. This isn't, this isn't the exact same moment that we're reliving. There's something different that yeah. happened in here. That gave, you know, so that's what I would think. Yeah, well, there might be two of me five minutes ago. That, that could really mess things up. Oh, yeah, the, just the fact that you're so, there. Yeah, would, you know, yeah, you, you, you've Marty McFly'd yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, there's, there's so many stories about what happens with time travel, and none of them. I don't think any. <laughs> uh, time uh, travel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so determinism, we're unsure about. Determinism versus randomness, that's okay. The, so the, this, this comes down to trying to understand what qualifies as intelligence. And mm -hmm. I think, I think uh, my limit, my min minimum intelligent example is a thermostat. Uh, but you were talking about the intelligence, uh, even like something that could be called awareness at mm -hmm. the cellular level or even the atomic level. Could you speak to that? Yeah, and intelligence and awareness are probably two separate things. Um, okay. I, I, I think that in intelligence is um, collecting, collecting information and then doing something with that information. Okay. Um, and I think awareness is maybe one of the things that results as, you know, as, as a result of having certain information organized in a certain way. You know, like I, I, I would say that if we're looking at rocks compared to human beings mm -hmm. down at the fundamental energy level, it's the same stuff. It's, it's electrons and quarks and, you know, but, but the way that it's organized up, up through its organization, there's intelligence at each level. Um, but there's, is there awareness at each level? And I, I don't know there's not the same level of awareness or consciousness that a rock has that a human being would have. And there isn't any evidence really that a, that a rock has any awareness at all. Um, mm -hmm. but if, but if I'm looking at the cells in my body, um, mm -hmm. or I'm looking at, at certain single celled organisms like a paramecium, a, a paramecium is able to move towards food and move away from danger. How does it know mm -hmm. to do that? Um, I, I yeah. think that's a form of fundamental awareness. Um, it's not the same thing as human consciousness, but it might be a, a, an early, like we evolved from that. <laughs> you know, the, all of the cells yeah. in our bodies used to be single celled floating around organisms until they grouped together to eventually, over a long period of time, become what we are. And so mm -hmm. we're looking at the history of, or the evolution of awareness, the evolution of consciousness, maybe the evolution of intelligence as. Uh, as an organism learns in their environment and they pass genetically to another thing, it, you know, like it evolves and it branches out into 8 billion different species of life. And each one of them is a form mm -hmm. of intelligence and consciousness. Okay. Do you have to have awareness to have intelligence or do you have to have intelligence to have awareness? Are those two ideas yeah. tied together? My, my guess, and I don't have a strong degree of certainty in this, but my guess would be that intelligence comes first. And, you know, because I, again, I would say that the energy inside of the, the rock is intelligence. It is a manifestation of intelligence that it, it's able to arrange itself in that form. And, um, but is it conscious and aware? I don't think so, but there are some forms of 
intelligence that are conscious and aware. So I, I, I think that's the relationship okay. between the two of them, but I'm not strongly confident on it. All right. Uh, from the audience, is your idea of source energy a human fiction? I paraphrased that. I hope I understood yeah. For sure. It is. For sure. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, Gauss asks, black hole, are black holes intelligent because they collect energy? Is there, I'm first, yeah, I, this presumes that black holes are intelligent. So before I even, are black holes yeah. intelligent? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, a, a black hole is a collapsed star, right? Yeah. Um, do, do, uh, what happens, what happens to the atomic energy inside of the star that makes it collapse in on itself? Is, is, is there a, atomic are there atoms i don't know enough about black holes i can't I love say the question, what's on the though. inside of a black hole but before a black hole forms there's a great deal of mass and i think there's a shine mm -hmm. that's like 2.7 solar masses or i forget but if it's bigger than something something and then it goes through a supernova the inner inner part will collapse down to below a particular radius and a yeah. an event horizon will be formed and then no further mass will go out past that because yeah. it would have to go faster than the speed of light it's essentially yeah. space-time is curved enough to where the speeds yeah i don't know i i mean i i i i love this idea very densely packed atoms so if, mm -hmm. if it's very densely packed atoms i would say that what is it packed with and it's packed with what i would say is intelligence that that mm. that for whatever reason when black holes form there's like this Okay. This this pattern that, that, that like the life cycle of a star, the life cycle of an of an atom, um, mm -hmm. or, or the, the the atoms in that star, and so it's following a certain rhythm and pattern that's predictable. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, what is it that's making it do that? Well, it's doing it itself, but it's its own intelligent Gravity. response to yeah the forces around it. Okay. And you know, so so is a it's an interesting question. Hill doing an intelligent thing. Is it doing an intelligent thing? Yeah, is a, ro a rock is it, is it gathering intelligence with each, with each with each little bump on it? Is it like feeling mm -hmm. the impact of it and recording it? And I don't know. Is, is that mm. somehow impacting what it is um, and, and changing it? Is it recorded? Is it aware that that's happening? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I love the question though. Okay. Uh... Frederick asks, would you agree with the idea that mountains, lands, objects are the result of an intelligent energy? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, and anything is the result of an intelligent, everything is the result of an intelligent energy if, if you accept that atoms um, are intelligent energy. Okay. Yeah, but, that, but that's not the same thing as saying that there's like some god or some intelligent being that's the, the the given the blueprint of anything like that so i i, I want to extend the that. definition of intelligence down to the nano yeah so okay yeah. uh now is there a gradient of intelligence i uh, think so. something's more intelligent than okay so if yeah i think so um for me when i walked in here i i i had that for my gradient of intelligence the least one that i had an example was that thermostat that i was talking about makes mm. one measurement to makes a simple binary choice based on a simple measurement and doesn't even really have memory i mean it's it that's that's a that's a robot with the least amount of intelligence but of course it's composed of atoms and that sort of thing 
And then we have humans, which have more intelligence. We have animals that are somewhere in the middle. Um, if everything is intelligent, what does it mean to say that something is intelligent? If I say my version of intelligence <laughs> is thermostat up and your version goes further down, hmm. Uh, if we include everything in it, are we saying anything? I, you know, there's that, that reminds me of one of the quotes that I have in the book of, you know, like you might as well, mm -hmm. if you're going to call God everything, everything yeah. isn't distinct from anything. <laughs> and so it doesn't really right. show you anything. <laughs> it's not really very instructive. Right. I think, I think, I think you're asking a version of that question here. Um, but, but, it, you know, if, if, so if I understand you're asking me if there are, gradations of intelligence and if so mm -hmm. but if it's all intelligent what's the point of even uh, looking at at gradations is that is that your question maybe uh, or maybe desiring a uh, a word for the intelligence below some arbitrary boundary so that we could say because this higher intelligence exists and maybe there's this lower intelligence or maybe there's this mid-range intelligence therefore yeah. we can come to a conclusion about something Whereas if it's all intelligence, there's no conclusions I can draw, I think. Yeah. See, if, if I'm thinking about an atom, or if, I'm, if, if I even break apart an atom to, uh, mm -hmm. to, to, to this quantum energy, these quarks um, or, or electrons, um, and I think about them the way that I would think of like a seed that I plant in the ground that grows into a tree, you know, like a, a, a seed has the genetic information to know, okay, this is mm -hmm. going to be an apple tree compared to a tomato bush, you know, something like that. Yes. But, mm -hmm. but this fundamental energy is all of those things. It can be all of those things. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. look at that as a lower um, energy. I would look at that as a higher um, intelligence because it has the potential to become anything and everything. It's just when it interacts in certain ways or it combine, you know, like whatever the binary code of nature is from the quantum quark, up quarks and down quarks, um, it, it can arrange itself in any of those things. So I, I, I might say that that's a higher intelligence, even though it's at a lower level, how we would usually think of it. And that, that our minds, our ability to think is one expression of what that intelligence is doing and, and we typically think of intelligence in terms that we'll, we're familiar with and so we think of an intelligent mm -hmm. person or having an intelligent conversation or something like that and and i i'm i'm thinking of it more in the mm -hmm. terms of the the energetic potential to become something you know like that dna like like okay. i i ask in in the book is there some kind of energetic dna behind our dna um like how is mm. it that that energy knows how to grow and become all of the things, the, the many, many things that we are aware of and even more that we're not aware of that exist in this universe. Hmm. It's all of it. It knows how to do all of it. Yeah. It knows. It I think has we the just intelligence into evolution and life. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Um, yeah. All right. So it almost seems like this intelligence is sort of like the... Uh, <laughs> we got a, we got a Jordan if, Peterson if reference. Thing... I was trying to avoid that. But... <laughs> oh, was it? I, <laughs> Somebody I'm commented. It sounds like Jordan, Jordan Peterson. Peterson. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're right. I I don't know Jordan Peterson well enough to know that. I, I don't know him that well. I do either, know sometimes yeah. he bloviates for a while, and I try to follow it, and yeah. I just can't. But and other times yeah. he says things that are just like obviously, yeah. Well, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
yeah, like it sounds like Jordan Peterson taking a word making it into something only he understands. Yeah, I've noticed Jordan <laughs> Peterson doing that sometimes. I think in this uh-huh. case, though, we're trying very hard to uh, make it yeah. make it a word that we're all getting. Uh, and if you want to understand I, more about how Glenn thinks, check out the podcast. Yeah. He, he he exposes his brain very well in this. Yeah. I, I also think uh, that, that most people, when we use words, we don't take the time mm-hmm. to define what we actually mean by the words that we're using right. because it's so cumbersome and pedantic and tedious. And so yes. the, the change of language is so sloppy all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Jordan Peterson that says, well, here's what I mean when I use this word. And it's different than what other people are, are meaning or this, this mm-hmm. common fiction that this is what the word means for everyone. <laughs> you know, like, well, it mm-hmm. doesn't really. And so here's, right. here's what it means to me. I'm explaining it to you. And maybe it's confusing. Uh, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be? It's, it's coming out of my experience, that's okay. which isn't <laughs> your experience. And, you know, I get it. I welcome confusion. I, I, I welcome especially <laughs> a path through confusion. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it seems like the thing you were calling intelligence or the intelligence force or the force that causes DNA to become more complex and, and uh, improve over time hmm. um, is sort of like the localized reversal of entropy that life means. Mm. And, and that that kind of can bring it into me for, for, for a physics perspective of, of that. We, the general rule mm-hmm. is entropy is always down, but when mm-hmm. we can cause a localized reversal of it, we could get to something really profound. But, R- remind me and en- entropy is saying that everything is in a constant state of um, increasing chaos, like going from a state of order to chaos. Is that entropy? I'll accept that. Yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, it, so when it you're saying reverse entropy, you there's a difference between you know there's cold places and there's hot places, and entropy means that it's all getting close to the same temperature. So eventually, when enough entropy happens, we will no longer have a capacity to do work because while there'll be all the energy, there won't be a work potential left. Mm. The getting rid of the work potential is is okay. the entropy. So if you can generate a work potential because you're in a gradient. And you can have a localized reversal of that to where you can generate more and more work potential. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about in terms of okay. life. Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm nodding as if I understand what you just said, but I really don't. Right. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm right at the, I'm right at the edge of my own understanding right there anyway. Yeah. So I don't yeah. even, my confidence keeps dropping the more words I add. <laughs> uh, Okay, so a uh, question. If dumb luck could potentially be the creation force of the world or universe, so just a random thing happened and it started, and same, mm-hmm. and the same possibility would be for the source energy as well, what makes you pick the second instead of the first? I didn't follow that. Okay. Um, let me see if I can paraphrase. If it's possible that the world came to be as it is, chance and the same possibility would be for this source energy so if the source energy were intelligent no i i I don't think that you would say that i i think you're saying that the source energy is intelligent and and you're seeing the the advantages of an intelligent design 
I think you're seeing intelligent design in the world to say that there's intelligence all the way down to well uh, here's where here's where my mind goes with that that mm -hmm. that question is like what's the relationship between intelligent energy and dumb luck or or chance and mm -hmm. i wh where i go with that is i i look at evolution and i ask you know it, did did life evolve on this planet as a result of dumb luck and circumstance and yeah mm -hmm. but 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 it's dumb luck and circumstance that then influences the course that that species is going to go and other species is going to go and so the, the, these these random events that happen that then have an impact on the next version of of life mm -hmm. what is the mechanism of uh adapting to a hostile environment there, there there's information that's recorded and stored and that's how we, mm -hmm. evolution happens so it's it's intelligence that's working its way through this model of randomness and and dumb luck that's how I would see it. Natural selection, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but okay. you can't have natural selection without that intelligence that's, that's recording and remembering and... Um, mm. Why? You know, and and, and, and th those are such anthropomorphic words to use yeah. that, that to try to put that on this idea of energy makes it problematic. But, but that... Okay. Um, so let me take you back to a time when there was yeah. one cell. I don't mean single cells. Okay. I mean, there mm -hmm. was one. There was because there okay. was a first one, right? <laughs> I assume. I assume I would be a, a biogenesis worked by that there was one cell and then there became multiple. Mm. Uh, and that cell splits. Was that the first decision that was ever made? Well, I, is it a decision? I mean, is it? Are you saying it was a conscious choice? Uh, you know, you start with one cell, but mm -hmm. that that cell. Um, if if you were really going to look at how it got there, it's it's how many how many um, molecules are in that cell, and how how many atoms oh. are in those molecules, and is this the first time that those atoms were ever arranged in such a way to create those molecules, and then to create that cell, and then like how does the cell know to split and divide? Why is it doing it? W were there cells? Mm -hmm that arose first, but didn't split and divide, and they just divided out. And so a natural selection of survival mm. were cells that were able to split and, and divide. And so that cell that was able to do that then duplicated more and, and, and kept evolving because there is that in, intelligence that in the form of the DNA or I, is it RNA at a cell level? I don't know what it is at a cell level. Maybe it is DNA that says what i'm duplicating into is going to follow this blueprint with this mm -hmm. these tendencies and characteristics that allow it to split and reproduce and mm -hmm. that's going to keep it going others that don't sorry no soup okay. for you i'm only i mostly only know eukaryotic cells like the kind i'm made of i don't know about mm -hmm. rna life back in the ibiogenesis time i completely don't yeah. know that stuff yeah okay last few questions hypothetically what could you learn? This is not something that has to be true, but what could you learn mm -hmm. tomorrow that would increase your confidence that things are intelligent all the way down to the subatomic? What could I learn tomorrow that would increase my confidence that intelligence mm -hmm. exists all the way down to the atomic level? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think if I... 
if if I hopped onto YouTube and I watched like a TED talk or a lecture um, of of somebody who had discovered something and was presenting some evidence that I hadn't heard before, um, that that might be something that could could make. If you're asking me what that evidence would be, I'd I'd really yeah, have to spend of... some time with with Quad on that one because now we're really going into okay. the imagination. <laughs> oh, and if I, you and do, I don't... please record it and, lo- yeah. and allow me to listen in. I would love to okay. hear what Quad has to say about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, do that. I'll do that. Especially. And then and then the opposite question is, what hypothetically could you learn tomorrow that would reduce your confidence that intelligence mm. reaches all the way down into the subatom? Yeah. I, I, let, let me put a pin on those, and I'll work on those, and I'll get Good. something to you. because. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, uh, th- those are great questions. What, what would reduce my confidence... Um, what would be disconfirming evidence for me? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. Okay. Well, that's the end of my flowchart. Uh, the hypotheticals <laughs> okay. are the last thing that I usually ask. Uh, and then I don't want to hide behind neutrality. Is there anything you want to ask me about any of these topics? I'm not even sure that I have positions on most of them. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it's, it's a fun conversation. I, I, I enjoy uh, having it. And then, you know, be, because of my background, um, being raised as a Mormon, certainty uh, was <laughs> a fiction that we were we were spoon fed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, standing up in front of everybody in church and saying, "I know that this is true. I know that this is true. I know that this mm-hmm. is true." And so, part of my deconstruction of, of all of that has been I, I I really have had to get comfortable living in a world that I'm not certain in. And then applying that to other models of reality mm-hmm. that I come, and and that that's what I really like about street epistemology. When I've come across it, is like, okay, well, we we really don't want to attack you, but we want to understand mm-hmm. how do you have this level of certainty in uh, the claims that you have, and um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't really have anything more to to say to that, but I, that I really appreciate the approach, and I. I, I like the, the, the group. I, I, you know, I'm not active in the community of street epistemologists, mm-hmm. but the ones that I've interacted with, I've really enjoyed the interaction um, mm-hmm. tremendously. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of our community. Really yeah. big fan. Uh, a regular question that we get is, what is your favorite color? Blue. Again, <laughs> and sometimes green. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Blue, and sometimes, sometimes green. green. Okay. Oh, I do have Thank a question you. for you, Doug. Yes. You, you, your first response um, when we were chatting on Discord was um, mm-hmm. that that you you both liked and disliked what you heard, and and you said something yes. about how it was it was helping like test the thickness of your skin um, yes. or something along those lines. Could you talk about that a little bit more? That uh, that was an interesting comment. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I think you play quad as. I think you play quad very well as as uh, over certain and a bit um, condescending. Yes, I already, <laughs> I already know that. I already yeah, know that. Right. And and I think yeah. that's a fun fun uh, thing. And so it it reminds me that the game that yeah. that quad is playing. I I my knee jerk reaction would be this is like oh yes yeah. and and. Yeah. I love that I'm not allowed to do that. 
And uh, <laughs> I, I've I've grown to really like quad in spite of um, in in spite of those things which would really turn me off. <laughs> yeah. So yes, quad quad is yeah. is a good guy and a bad guy all at once, uh, and and vague and infuriating and and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I meant. Oh, let's see. Pasta Mike asks, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? And is there a potential flavor yet to come out that could change your mind on your current choice? (laughs) I'm I'm not I'm not a huge consumer of ice cream, but when I am, I like um, what is it? Haagen-Dazs has like a a coconut pineapple. I really like that one. is there a flavor that could come out that would knock my socks off? Oh, for sure. But I just don't know what it is mm-hmm. yet. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it would, it would have a, a really nice mixture of tangy tartness, sweet. And mm. I'll tell you this, I, I was in, I was in, um, I was in Peru, um, mm-hmm. in, in Lima and there was a, a dessert there called uh, chirimoya. It's a fruit called chirimoya that okay. it's almost like the texture of a grapefruit and but maybe it kind of tastes a little bit like a, a Chinese lychee. And okay. it was something I'd never, never experienced before. And it was just absolutely fantastic. Um, and I can't get them up here in the US. It's only done in, in Peru. So um, yeah, there's, there's definitely some things uh, ahead of me in my life to experience that could become my new favorites when it comes to ice cream flavors or desserts or anything like that. Yes. Pasta Mike is agreed. Definitely. And in that, <laughs> case, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Uh, pineapple coconut. Um, it's been a while since I've, uh, tasted ice cream. I have to be very, very careful with sugar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and I would agree it's going to be something in the sweet and sour at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably in my case going to add alcohol. Which is another thing I'm not allowed to have. <laughs> you got so, to, to avoid. Uh, you know, it's all the things I can't have, all in one little cup with Ben and Jerry's written on the side, probably. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for this conversation. Uh, does anybody yeah, else in the audience me. have any questions that they'd like to pop up, pipe up with before I release him? Forbidden dessert. Yes. Okay. It is forbidden dessert. In the moment, uh, this is Glenn's channel uh no i'm sorry website uh and he's going to add the current podcast to it he's already had yeah i need to update it yeah so you can while away the hours listening to glenn and glenn's imagination amongst other things and uh if you're at all like me i guarantee you will be entertained by it thank you very much glenn for coming board yeah Uh, thank you dally i really enjoyed it really appreciated the conversation thank you cool here are five uh youtube channels that i like very much and they are part of a list of maybe 12 or 13 right now that are under the promoted channels if you go to my youtube channel these are all about se if you are really interested in this method of street epistemology my favorite uh oh, it doesn't matter if that's not, that's not a right sentence if you're really interested, go to streetepistemology.com. It's one of my favorite places where we've gathered all this stuff together, written by the community. And this is provided by Street Epistemology International. Thank you for joining for this edition of Vanilla Street Epistemology. If you would like to be a guest on my show in doing 
SE together or talking about SE or any of the categories that I have. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Ain't we making it up? We're making it all Thank you for listening to Bathing with God. If you like what you just heard and would like to purchase a print or Kindle version of the complete book, search for it on Amazon.com or go to the website bathingwithgod.com. And if you really, really like what you just heard, share it with someone you love and give me a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you use. You can also like our Facebook page and subscribe to the Bathing with God YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach out to me personally, you can email me, Glenn Osland, at bathingwithgod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And probably so would Quad. Oh yeah, bring it. Thanks again for listening to Bathing, Bathing with, with God. God.